The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome, new and true friends. Thank you for taking time to listen or view this episode of Going to the Roots. And I decided to bring this point across about root, about healing with ancestors, because a lot of us don't even know who our ancestors are, or we have some kind of idea, but haven't really built a relationship with them. So I'm sure everybody's heard of different... um, technologies or sites such as Ancestry.com and finding ancestors and the origins of where they might have lived. And there's something about discovering more about ourselves that makes us feel closer to something that we have lost touch with for generations. And I myself have an interesting background that most of you probably would never guess that I'm actually 14% Native American. My grandmother is uh, Mexican. So when I took my Ancestry.com, and I'm not plugging them whatsoever, this isn't something for you to uh, sign up for or anything like that. I'm just explaining my experience. When I took that test and got the results back, I was surprised, but then not because of where my intuition comes from, where I have this kind of shamanism energy work. And so knowing that I have 14% Native American in my DNA, in my physicality, it just made a lot of sense to me. But here today, we're to talk about possible hidden secrets that could maybe be tied to shame and where our ancestors came from. And it's mostly tied to the trauma and the struggles they endured. And most of our families passing down through the generations, they didn't share or acknowledge this because it ensued so much pain and hurt from the past. And what we're told is we need to forget the past and focus on the future, on the present. So I want you to remember that our ancestors are still living through us. They're within us, in our DNA. So when we choose to heal the deeper parts of ourselves, we're also healing our lineage of past, present, and future. And this is why I invited my next guest for this series, who is a very dear special friend of mine that I've known. And I just, when I think about her, it's like, well, I've known her all my life and many lifetimes. I'm serious when I say that. And I'm sure each and every one of you has a special friend or somebody that you know that you can relate to that. It's like, oh, it just seems like I've known them all my life and more. And her name is Maribel Harris. And she is here today to share her story of how she was able to go to the roots of her lineage witness what showed up for her and how her compassion for them and herself allowed her to heal present day. 
when Maribel began the ancestral work, she was shocked. She shared this with me to discover that she really didn't like her ancestors, which meant that she really didn't like many aspects of herself. And she asked this question because who are we if not the DNA of our ancestors birthed into new form? All that genetic memory bubbles underneath the surface of each of us. And the further Maribel has traveled spiritually, the more she has experienced a sense that she's walking kind of a maze of pathways as she's uncovering more and more about herself as she connects with her ancestors. So Maribel is here today to shed some light about her journey and hopes to offer some insights and guidance to support you on your own journey with your ancestors. Well, welcome, Maribel. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you, April. I This is just such an honor for me and just amazing. It's um yeah, I hope our discussion just really helps people to start discovering these things for themselves. Yes, and you've done so much work, a lot of work, a lot of research. But before we unpack that, can you just share a little bit about you and how you started on this path of working with your ancestors and going to the roots? You know, um, well, I will, you know, when I started on this path, it was because right out of college, um, I married very much a person who was not <laughs> truly good or healthy for me. But, you know, I was fearful. So much of my life was controlled by fear all through mm. my childhood. And when I decided, I mean, I finally turned to the divine and was like, I keep making decisions that I'm not happy. I'm mm -hmm. miserable in my life. And what can I do to change this? And um, that's when I decided it was time for me to separate from him. And that's really the first moment that I feel like I, I like picked up my staff and, and stepped onto the seeker, spiritual seeker. And um, I know, you know, when I go back now and think about my childhood, even my birth, mm. um, biggest wound that I've been healing, it's, it's been abandonment issues. And I think everybody, I think that's almost everybody. Um, especially in, in this country, which is a wonderful country to be in, but we're all kind of expected to homogenize and um, forget the past, like you said. And, you know, my birth even was very harsh. I have a twin brother and we are the last of six kids. Um, and my mom was older and not in the best of health. And um, when I was born, I, uh, they had to resuscitate me. I had mm -hmm. the umbilical cord around my neck. My brother came out first and was actually easier birth. Um, and I just felt like, you know, and I didn't realize this until I started working with you and Lacey. And, but there, wow, there's the first big feelings of fear and abandonment. I mean, mm -hmm. and I feel like my energy became very entwined with my mother's and I've had to work through a lot of that. So just a very rough birth and basically dying and resuscitating and um, the childhood, I had a lonely childhood too. Mm. And I think a lot of, a lot of the loneliness I feel and abandonment I feel was was passed on was taught I mean, oh yes yeah my mother taught it most me definitely mm -hmm. yeah, she had a when I really started talking to my older siblings which is kind of a blessing there's like 12 years difference between me and my oldest brother so they had a lot more information 
about mom and dad and what they were like when they were younger. I mean, gosh, by the time I got in high school, they were retired. You know, my dad was 65. Mm. And um, yeah, mom had a really rough childhood, very rough and painful. And she kind of became overbearing trying to cope with abandonment issues. And then I was extremely shy as a child. <laughs> so yes. it just wasn't a great combination. And as a young adult, then, you know, I think, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I was so shy that my dad, I must have come across as very weird because I just would hardly ever speak. And my dad would tease me trying to get me to come out saying, you know, I can't get two words out of you edgewise. And by the time I graduated high school, I did have a couple of friends, but mostly my friends were my twin brother and my pets, really. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I decided to go to college, which was plenty traumatic for a very yeah. short <laughs> right. Especially okay. if you're an introvert, right? Yeah. 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 And I went to Iowa State and I was going to a different college than my twin brother because he had received a scholarship. So we were separated for the first time. And my mom, bless her, was trying to help me. And she got me this peer ministry job at the Wesley Foundation, where I had to go knock on doors and talk to complete strangers, April. <laughs> in my freshman year. Oh my goodness. Compounding the trauma. <laughs> you know what happened and laugh, because I can laugh at it now, but basically, I would get so nervous and so shaky. I would knock on a door and I'd go, I can do this. I can do this. And then I would freak out before anyone ever opened the door and I would just run and I would look for the nearest largest object. I thought I could hide behind and I would just hide behind it. So I oh my goodness. I know I took a peer ministry job and turned it into ding dong ditch. <laughs> <laughs> this day I'm I'm wondering it's like what did those people think when they saw this crazy haired woman running away and hiding behind oh wow (laughs) yeah and and to bring it back to your mother and her you know that's what happens with generational wounds trauma whatever you want to call it is that if a person isn't aware of it or witnessing that for themselves if they're still in that reactionary mode, then they continue to pass it on to, to the kids. And then it depends on, just like you said, between you and your twin brother, right? Twins, right? Sharing the same womb mm-hmm. and yet you're vastly different. So yeah. it's the perceptions, right? It's, it's how we internalize and how we take on things and how you said you related more to your mother and you took on her wounds and things. So that's exactly what we're talking about here. Right? People might think ancestors like cavemen or something. No, this is, this is just two, three generations ago, which is linked back to, you know, the root, the ancestors, because all of that, you know, it just compacts on, it keeps building onto that. So Maribel, what did, so as you shifted or what was that shift to where you could knock on doors without running away? What, how did you build that up in yourself? Because I'm sure there's people here listening that could relate to that or know somebody who has experienced this. Well, honestly, it took me years. That job I only lasted two months because I felt so guilty for collecting a paycheck that I wasn't doing what I should be doing. And so I finally went to the minister and said, I can't do this. (laughs) And he was very understanding and very wonderful, wonderful man. And um, so that, that ended that, but uh, I went, gosh, I went to um, a psychic counselor but she was a counselor and a life coach and just uh, for years who helped me to kind of come out of my shell and realize you know you don't have to be a doormat you you can to be useful and to realize that these core wounds 
it's like you said, when you're not aware that this is where you're operating from. And I mm. wasn't seriously until I got into my late thirties, did I even begin to get an inkling that these wounds were, were not just mine. They were from yeah. all these generations of particularly the women in my family. And when you're not aware that that is in the background, then you keep attracting your decisions, keep attracting those painful experiences instead of helping you to get through them. And you keep feeding the wound. It's true. Yeah. And then we end up stuck in those patterns. And I think that's something I, this lifetime, I will keep working through. I feel like I've come a long ways in healing a lot of it, but there'll always be layers that bubble up at really odd moments Yes. And you just have to take a pause and go mm. and just ask yourself, okay, what exactly is happening here? Because a lot of times when I would start, it's like I had these memories feeding through my mind and I never really thought about them. I just reacted. Yes. And when through the counseling and, and through other spirit, numerous spiritual teachers, yourself included, when I begin to realize, when I begin to slow down and, and think, what is this? And when I started writing it down and I would mm. go back and read it and I go, wait a minute, this never happened to me. What is this storyline? I've never had anything like this happen. And that's when I really realized, oh my gosh, this is my mom's story or this is my oh, grandma's story. Yes. Yeah. So that I love that. I love that you had the courage to sit with it and question. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people that is where they have a lot of resistance about it's just no, I don't need to go back. I don't need to be with this because it's so uncomfortable and and, and you feel it. And we don't want to feel those feelings. Although that's where the answers are and, mm -hmm. and that you sought help and you had a counselor, somebody to help you walk you through it is so important. And this is what I want to say to everyone who's listening here is that to, to seek outside help, you know, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a counselor, um, a psychologist, whatever that is that you feel that you need at that time to give you a foundation to build off of, because that's what you're doing. And then, then you start to realize, oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, you know, what's, then you can look for the next step. Then you can um, really witness that growth that you are building because you can only, you can do this for yourself. You know, I'm speaking to everyone. So uh, thank you for saying that Maribel, because, you know, a lot of people I think are just kind of stuck in that. And then they have those ruminating thoughts and those visions popping in and out. And they are wondering what's wrong with me and why am I this way? I want to be happy. I want to live a joyous life. And yet I feel way down over here and it's so far to get over there. You know, there's a huge gap there. So besides counseling, what were the other little steps that you took to, to work towards, you know, or I should say down into, because it's kind of like a spiral staircase, right? We kind of spiral walking down into ourselves. Uh, once you realize it's safe. Yeah. Yes. To do so. To get yourself to a safe physical place so that you can let the guard down for all the emotions and and the spiritual and that's what because my ex-husband he I, he never told me but he when he met me he was sober but he just come out of rehab oh <laughs> and so several years later he relapsed and he relapsed with meth so i was not in a safe environment whatsoever um so once I got separated from him, uh, I took, I bought this teeny tiny house and just turned, I just, I love that house because it was like a safe haven for me. 
and I took like five or six years and I didn't, I didn't care about dating. I didn't, I, I went through tons of self-help books until um, like about divorce and about spirituality. And I just, I think that's when I started my meditation practice, which mm. I think now, because at first it's like, I've sat for three minutes. I can't stand this. Oh my gosh. And now <laughs> when I first hit five minutes, I'm like, that's an accomplishment. And now I can sit for like an hour and just be totally happy. <laughs> but meditation, I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. That's really what taught me all these emotions that are so traumatic and you don't want to sit with them. You're afraid. I was afraid if I sat with, with my hurt too long, that it would never go away. I would, uh, I would say that again. Cause I think a lot of people have that preconceived fear. Yeah. I, I was terrified that the more I would sit with these negative anger and hurt and sadness, that it would never leave me. I would just get bogged down in it and it would never go away. Was that true? No, no. There were some times where it took a while, took a long time, but always emotions change. They are literally, they're not the true you. They're just just passing through. And I just got, so I envisioned it passing through on a movie screen in my brain. They're not the true you. They're just passing through. You need to write that down. I love that. <laughs> yeah, because the emotions are going to come. We're, we're emotional beings. Yeah. And, and I think the emotions, well, obviously they're there to tell us stuff, but they're not there. We let them, they're not there to f- truly form our reality. We're mm. the one. Our spirit beings are the ones that say, okay, so that emotion is telling me I really don't like this situation. But so now let's come back to the self and, and what steps can I take to yes. say, let's change it. Right? That you have a choice. Yes. It's, yes. Yeah, these emotions are coming up to signal, to say, oh, this is where you're at. And just as you said, just to bring yourself back and ask, okay, where, which way do I want to go? And also I want to pause right here and remind everybody that when we talk about spirituality or spirit, it's spirituality is not a religion. It's about a relationship that you're building with yourself. So religion I'm not bashing it or anything. It's, it's a good like guidepost for people that feel that they need that and that community and it's lovely. Although you can be spiritual and religious as well. So spirituality just takes you at a deeper level to yourself. This is where the healing begins as Maribel, you are so beautifully uh, explaining and sharing Um, And then also spirit, when we say spirit, think of your higher power, whether that's God, Jesus, Gaia, Muhammad, whoever you believe your higher power to be, um, whenever we say the word spirit, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I just needed to just say that so people weren't getting too distracted because people hear different words and then there's triggers tied to that too. And that can also be generational woundedness and trauma there as well. Well, cause you know, you spoke about your native American heritage and I have to be honest for my whole life, I kept thinking, I wish I had like some kind of root native, some kind of Native American or, or just Native people, because mom and dad, and I think maybe because my grandparents on my mother's side were immigrants from Denmark, they came through Ellis Island, but they never spoke about family history. I mean, mm-hmm. I took the soul parts and healing class, Nordic soul parts and healing class from Kari Toring, 
amazing class. And she, cause she would have a, she would, every week she would pose a question. And one week it was journal about your family status where you grew up. How do you think your mom and dad, and, and then journal about how you think they were accepted in the community and about your family and, and the family's patterns, you know, behavioral. Yes. And I hate to say, I sat there and I'm like, I don't know. So I mm. called my older sister who's 10 years older. I figured, well, maybe, you know, since she's got that age, so she'd have more maturity when I was a little kid. And I asked her these questions. Actually, it helped my sister and I to build a really strong friendship because these deep questions about my family history would come up and I'd call her or I'd call Grant because they were older. And so every week I'd call her and she'd go, what's the word of the question? This, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we had some really great discussions. But when I asked her, I said, did mom and dad ever share any family history, like, you know, habits or traditions? And she flat out immediately went, no. And yeah. I think that leaves such a huge gap. There is, there are all these generations, we didn't have the guidance of our elders because they were being taught, get rid of all that old stuff. It's not any good, but yet mm -hmm. you, need, you need to know it, you know? And it's, yes. not, it's not all bad. And or, so yeah, or I'm I, sorry oh, to interject. When you said that, or when they came over to this new land, mm -hmm. that the old traditions were frowned upon, that other people, yes. the new communities, because it was such a quote unquote, like melting pot, so many different, right, people were coming over, that they lost that because they were so forced to conform to this new land and they had to work and they had to do all these things to get established and and that's fight or flight right there thank you yes that is it exactly and and i know like my grandma christensen um she never really became happy over here she was yeah. always sad and missed her friends in the old country so yes. yeah and so that was interesting to me and I think that's where I first started getting the inkling that it's like and the stories I do remember mom and dad telling were never really very pleasant mm. so I did kind of grow up thinking yeah my relatives are jerks <laughs> <laughs> and and now I've gone back and I talked to more of them and I realized oh they're perfectly nice wonderful people where was my head? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, so yeah, a lot of patterns that Kari really helped all of us in the class work through by looking at these things and the different questions she'd pose every week. So that's great. Somebody again, somebody to guide, to give support, to help, yeah. you know, uncover these lost treasures really well and it goes back to if you think that all your relatives are jerks well then you're thinking you're a jerk you know and and that's not healthy and Kari mm. also helped me realize kind of segueing back to when I said I wish that I had some kind of native people roots and she's like well we all do silly mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why you're studying the Nordic soul parts and healing because everyone has shamanic roots. We all came from these small villages. And I don't know why I didn't realize that. It was just buried so deep. And that just opened. Mm. I feel like it opened my spirituality to go, oh, it's all right there. I just have to yeah. be calm and tap into it. And yes, then, without without the judgment, just being curious and, and open to see what unfolds. Yeah. Yes. So Maribel, I mean, we're, if you all haven't 
recognize this, that we're very dear friends. And so she shared so many different stories and um, wonderful connections that she's made or aha moments as she's been exploring and working um, through her ancestral lineage. And there's one story that I would love for you to share about the Black Heart. Oh, you know, um, this past summer, I I was uh, actually going through uh, a book about healing. It's, it's called uh, Belonging, Remembering Ourselves Home. And it's all about healing that abandonment wound. And um, I had, so I've been working not just with myself, but I felt like with the spirits in my backyard, my ancestors, I mean, I would take this book outside and I would read it out loud. I read every word of it out loud because I felt like there were other spirits there listening, you know, Um, and it healed me. But it's about healing abandonment patterns with yourself and your ancestors. And I just kind of stumbled. I wanted, as I got to the end of the book, I wanted a ritual that really would help me to open up healing for myself. And I was playing with our dog. I was playing fetch and it suddenly dawned on me. We had this old dead stump and wasps had moved into it, um, yellow jackets. And, you know, we'd gotten it down to the ground, but then when we mowed in that area, we we're getting stung. So I had the wonderful job of digging those roots out. <laughs> and, but so I dawned on me, it's like, well, this is a perfect representation. So I took a big chunk of that root. Yeah. And it's a represent a symbolism of what? It's a perfect symbolism of. Of representing the, all the abandonment wounds that have gone on for generations, particularly in my mother's family. And, and saying, okay, we're taking out this, this rot and this anger and hatred that have built up in here, and we're going to transform it. And so I decorated that, and I did energy work over it, and then I had a sacred fire ritual. Um, and it's amazing because when I started that, I, I get these pictures and these sound voices, I think we all do, running through our head. And <laughs> I just felt like all these old ladies like doing finger pointing, going, hey, I didn't start this abandonment thing. You did. You did it to me. It's your fault. <laughs> and I literally had to go, okay, enough ancestors. <laughs> it's nobody's fault. I felt like these are just wounds that happen over the course of lifetimes and sometimes instead of being able to heal them that energy gets stuck so I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get it unstuck and to move through let it move through our bodies and the lineage and um because otherwise it just festers from generation generation yes just as you experienced with your mother and you know you took on her stuff I I can witness that for myself, you know, when you're willing to go there and be there and recognize this isn't even mine, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the first fire didn't burn the stump completely. And I I sat there and drummed for a long time and I worked and I realized and the spirits told me, it's like, yeah, this isn't going to burn down this time. And isn't that true, though, like, as we're working through this, these layers, like, it's just not going to go poop and poof, everything just magically disappears. It takes time It take, you know, to, to release it to kind of melt that, those outer layers to get into there. So what happened? Well, what was left, the charred piece that was left, looked like a human heart. I mean, it did. I took pictures of it. I so love it. Yeah. And so I dubbed it the Black Heart Ritual. And I sat with that because I did that on a full moon. I sat with that until the next full moon. And I did um, the Reiki. I just, every day, I would hold that mm-hmm. heart. And it, and this, this is where my current husband is absolutely wonderful because I walked in with this charred piece of wood and he's like, 
what you going to do with that? <laughs> what you up to now, Maribel? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do Ricky on it. And he's like, well, just don't get a bunch of soot everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it ended up being so beautiful because I felt like uh, I was able to contact my twin brother and his wife, which for me takes a lot of courage because that I, you just, with family, gosh, you got to be careful how you approach them. Cause you, even though you all grew up in the same household, you're all coming from different angles and different interpretations. And he's very scientific. And, but uh, I mentioned what I had been working on and they're like, well, could you somehow share that ritual with us? Yeah. So I did a recording of, of part of it and talked to them. And um, wow, that just shifted so much because I, I talked about feelings of abandonment. And then for me, what are new healthier behavior patterns? And, and you know, what does that look like for me? Mm -hmm. yeah and so one of the big things was community I mean somehow we have to build healthy community for ourselves can be totally small I mean my community I feel is really small but it's hard because you're going back over all this inherited and past stuff and I found out um so I when I did this ritual, which made me really nervous, because most of my rituals, I'm alone, I'm in my backyard, I'm just with me and this, the spirits and, and nature. Um, but they, he was like, I have trouble feeling like I'm part of community too. He says, um, I felt like an outsider. So I decided, well, I will record part of this and, and share it with you. And then I was like, don't make fun of me with my, you know, our rituals are very, they need, they deep. <laughs> and he didn't actually, they were so, they're like, it spoke to them too, to him and his wife, because millions of, we want to be part of a community, but we feel like a lot of times we live in a society that doesn't even truly represent us. So yes. Yeah, how do you find your community? And exactly. Yeah. And I felt like, well, you know, so I then I went to that question. Most of this ritual, I was just talking to them and myself. And I'm like, so I guess for me, it means I have to behave in a way that I I am the maybe a foundation corner of the community I want to be a part of. So I have to offer community. Yes. Together. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it really opened my eyes to, wow, a lot of my isolation, when I really now go back and think about the situations, it's like, oh, it was kind of self-inflicted because that's what I was taught. <laughs> right. <laughs> Then we, then we realize that and we dust ourselves off and, you know, this is when the compassion and kindness to ourselves comes in, you know, to recognize that. But Maribel, also, I want everybody to hear, and I hope people kind of keyed into that. When you were transparent and vulnerable, mm -hmm. when you allowed them to see you and to actually even to reach out, to connect with them, to talk to them, to approach them about this. That is vulnerability. That's being real. That's being authentic. And people are so, um, they really want that. They want those genuine connectedness. Um, they crave it. And instead of the superficial, oh, how's the weather? And, you know, just talking about the news or, you know, what have you, you know, we can go deeper than that. And with those relationships, it does, it shifts the energies and, and it allows you to go deeper and, and to feel not abandoned, right? Because yes. really we're abandoned from ourselves. 
Yes. Oh, that's what's, yes. that's what's happening is, that's is because exactly. we've locked ourselves out because we're so worried about everything else that's happening around us or what are people going to say, or I need to do this to show my worth or I ha I'm obligated. You know, this is all the mind telling us or we're looking at social cues for that. And, and we're not really validating our true authentic selves. And that's exactly what you did. And that's, you know, just witnessing that and knowing that you are forging amazing relationships now. Well, and honestly, because, you know, I, we have established through the ding dong ditch that I'm pretty, <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> and very, pretty shy. So a lot of times I'll be timid about speaking up. So when I started this process, I just told myself, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to work with basically my ancestors that have already passed away. <laughs> my parents and my, cause you know, that'll be more like I've been working in the spirit realm with the spirit, you know, unseen energies, that'll be more my style. And what immediately happened, April, was the more I started being honest and just going yeah these this is the true me I instantly saw shifts in my living relatives and our and our relationships because <sighs> my siblings and I we really weren't speaking or communicating much at all anymore and it wasn't that anything terrible happened it was just that each one of us had this nobody loves me I'm all alone mm. and the abandonment yeah it was the abandonment and now we get together yearly just to make sure, because we've already, I've already lost, we've already lost Glenn. He's my middle brother. And so this, and I've seen the healing in the nieces and the nephews and how everybody's talking more and they're doing things. That's together. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And as you build that community, and, you know, even with, and it sounds strange, people might think, well, how is that, you know, with your own family, but that happens. People get estranged. Yeah. Although I love also how you work your, your creative style. You're, you are so creative. Um, although you only do candles for um, your personal use and for friends and family, which they are amazing. Um, but your own creative sense of creating the, the huga shawls can you can you talk about that how you've worked with the huga and what actually what it is first and then how you're working with that to also bring in that community well it, you know the further i go down this this path of just trying to tune into emotions and energies um this was when i was taking kari's class um, one of our soul parts is Hugen. Um, Odin's story of Hugen and Munin, his, his crows. It's an, it's an analogy for Hugen is thoughts, Munin is memories. And the word Hugen means happiness. And the synchronicity that happened was the exact time that we started talking about this particular, our thoughts as a part of our soul, um, my nieces said, hey, we found this huga shawl pattern and huga is all about happiness and cozy. What? It was at the exact <laughs> same time. And there, yes, that is a thing, right? It shows up. Yeah. And so I have become fascinated. In fact, I have one here I'm doing for my sister. Do you want me to hold it? Yes, or? please. Yeah. Um, and those who need to just tune in um, to the YouTube video so you can see Maribel and see the wonderful work that she's doing. So I crochet a shawl and then I cross stitch patterns on top that I feel. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that. And this is a gray sister. background with peacocks. She requested birds. bird houses and chickadees. Oh, my goodness look at you maribel and the thing about these shawls oh, I butterflies do yeah i do a lot of prayer and singing over them because huga 
is about happiness. And so I envision when you wrap the shawl around you, because my thoughts can easily swing from fear to trauma and something to joy, but bring your thoughts in. If you've had a rough day, bring them in and know that you wrap yourself up and everything's going to be okay. Just bring them in, calm them down, get your thoughts back to your center and your happy heart. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. And I, so literally whoever has that Huga shawl, because you have put those intentions and that energy and that time and love and commitment as you're working on it, you know, they just wrap themselves up in that and they can feel the love and the compassion and kindness and support. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that Maribel. Thank you for allowing me. And I'm just saying this, I'm just saying this right now. You're, you're, you're going to get, you're going to shrink back into your little shell when I say it. <laughs> but I have a feeling people are going to reach out to you saying, can you make me a huga shawl? Because it is really, really nice. Very nicely done. Oh, thank you. You yeah. can tell you put, put a lot of time and energy and thought into what you're creating there. It's just not something you're throwing together. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, and I hope I get the chance to make many of them, you know, and just for, for all the, the loved ones in my life, because it's just, I, it kind of crosses the bridge for me. You were saying that, you know, we're all taught that if we can't contribute something, oh, what are we worth? And that's so mm. not true. But I have because I have had my, my worth, my self-worth tied up into, I must physically be doing something for most of my life. So it's yeah. still hard for me to let that go. And so yes, least, I can raise my hand to that as well. Yeah. So at least when I do like candles or something like this, it's slow and methodical and it just makes me feel like, okay, maybe I'm bringing in a part of, of loving spirit. This is how I bring it into the physical realm. Ah, oh, that's just beautiful, Maribel. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you also, my friend, for having the courage to be with us here today, to accept the invitation to share your story and to be seen. Um, this is something huge, and I am very honored that you are here with us and that you are sharing and being a, a, like a way shower for other people as well. Oh, wow. Well, I know. Um, I was really surprised when you asked me and I was nervous instantly. And my Tom is going, just treat it. Just have fun. It's just a conversation. Yeah. You this is what we're doing. Yep. So, but yeah, you just make such a safe space that it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can do this. I can talk oh. about this. <laughs> yeah, we're just getting together. Yeah. Wonderful. And and keep doing you and those that are curious, even though Maribel, she she has a nine to five job, right? This is things that she does on the side for herself. Yeah. Although you've said that you are open to connect with other people who want to maybe explore or continue this conversation. I am because that's so much of how I learn. Um, in just hearing other people put these thoughts and ideas into different words, and it really does help me to understand more deeply um, yeah. about just energy work and, and healing and love and building community. That's, yes. that's a thing for me is building safe community. Yeah, it's true. Very true. And it sounds like you're really feeding your soul too, as you're connecting and building community and yeah. um, that you're just the ripple effect. It, it is, it is the ripple. And I was just so amazed. It's, 
when it immediately started changing things for the better with all of my relatives who are, and me who are still alive. And I was like, whoa, I did. I was just doing a, whoa, what is this? Yeah. And that's when you say, how can it get better than this? <laughs> and then it keeps getting better. <laughs> it does, right? Surprisingly, it does. So beautiful. Thank you again, Maribel. I so do appreciate you, oh, thank um, you being here and speaking your truth. I know that's not easy sometimes. So, and for those who are interested in becoming part of your community, what is your contact information? What's the best way to contact you? Probably by email. And my email is spelled kind of goofy. It's wisdomseeker at gmail.com. Okay. I'll put it in the, the subject line yeah. and then yeah. we'll have it at the bottom of the screen too. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, if people are interested, uh, if you take a look at Kari's class about Nordic soul parts and healing, I would love to retake this. So, okay. and I, and it, I think it works better with a small group of people rather than a one-on-one -on -one because then sure. you get an exchange of ideas. Yes. And also we'll include the list of books and those links for Kari. So that way people can explore that for themselves as well. Yeah. Cause there's really like three books and Kari's classes that really launched me on, Oh my gosh, this is what I need to do to heal this mm -hmm. isolation wound, this abandonment wound. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your courage and commitment to yourself, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. I just yeah. love you so much, April. Thank you. <laughs> and I this love you so too. Awesome. And thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you everyone for tuning in today. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please hit subscribe. So that way I know what you're interested in. If you want to hear more about this or any other topics to wellness, please feel free to reach out, send me a message or connect with me through my website, livingwithintention.co. Until next time, be well, my friends. Bye. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.